Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special edition of Popcorn and Compliance. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over the series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you'll enjoy. In this episode, we take up the final movie in phase two of the original MCU series, Endgame. It's a great way to end a 23 movie arc series. I know you'll enjoy it. Before we get started, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we will be back with Ant-Man and the Wasp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Megan Doherty from One Stone Creative for our final episode in our original MCU challenge, which was uh, to watch the entire MCU in chronological order. Of course, being the geeks we are, we've decided to increase that challenge by incorporating a lot of other MCU stuff. <laughs> but we're going to, we have been reviewing the full MCU on this series and one, because we love it. Two, because it's there. And three, it just needs being done. So uh, <laughs> we've re- reviewed it by chronological order, not release date. And today we end with uh, end game. So, uh, Megan, uh, what are your, um, well, I guess I should say welcome, Megan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And then we'll, I'll start with my, my first and maybe my dominant feeling about the movie Endgame, and that is regret. Um, because of, of all of those, let's call them the, the minor regrets I have in my life, one of the bigger is that I didn't see Endgame in theaters. I had to watch it alone in my office, I think while eating a cheeseburger, um, and it was not the right setting to watch this movie in. It should have been in a theater with other cheering people having that excitement as a group experience. But I waited too long. I did not get the chance to see it in theaters, so I wish I had... But I love this movie. 
um, sort of like in Infinity War, I find it almost infinitely rewatchable um, in terms of just being able to enjoy it every time or see something new every time. Um, you know, from, from the very beginning uh, of the film where you open uh, and they snap you right back, if you'll forgive the term, to where we left off uh, and remind us of the people that have just been completely destroyed, erased from history, uh, with Hawkeye, who we know and care about from other films, and his family completely disappearing. Um, so kind of from the beginning, um, it's, the movie sets you up to be emotionally rocked uh, in various ways. Uh, what, what's, what's your main kind of high-level thought on it, Dom? Well, uh, it was a great movie, lots of action, um, a good way to um, end the series, uh, really up and down. Um, the first few scenes uh, after uh, the rapture early in the movie are, are pretty gut-wrenching, frankly. Then um, we have Thanos killed uh, early, early in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have an entire story uh, around... Um, the events leading up to his death, uh, almost in a backstory. So that structure was was pretty interesting. Uh, Endgame happens 23 days after the end of Infinity War, which is when the rapture happens and half the people um, disappear. So uh, a lot has happened in those 23 days. Uh, <clears throat> Cliff, Clint has gone off uh, to be a ninja avenging warrior and is slaughtering people uh, literally across the globe. Um, and he has, he's being tracked by the, the, those living, those Avengers still living. So that was, that was pretty brutal uh, as well. The, uh, that's tempered somewhat, though, with um, the Hulk, Bruce Banner. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about him at some length in our prior episode on Infinity War, and now it's not that Bruce Banner cannot change into the Hulk. He is permanently the Hulk. Professor Hulk. But he is combined both personalities. So he's a very big, very green Bruce Banner. And he's very cool with it. Uh, (laughs) And um, he, he likes it. And people like him. Uh, there was a pretty funny scene where he does a <laughs> quick selfie with some fans, and um, the, that was pretty cool, I thought. So um, that that part, we also had some other uh, poignant scenes uh, really throughout the movie, and for me, the most poignant was uh, the Camp Lehigh scenes. Mm-hmm. And Cap... And uh, Tony Stark, uh, as, as Tony, not as Iron Man, go to Camp Lehigh and, um, to get some PIM particles so they can all go down uh, and try to uh, recapture some Infinity Stones. And Tony meets his dad. And... Yeah. Um, I thought a lot about that scene as a son. I thought a lot about that scene as a father. And um, I've always wondered, you know, what you would do if you met your father before you were born. And he didn't know. 
Uh, I'm watching a, a series now where a, a girl is adopted and she finds her, her father and her real father, her birth father, who um, uh, looks at her and clearly sees her, her mother in, his, in her eyes. So I found that uh, really touching and poignant. And of course, just for me personally, they threw in uh, Peggy Carter uh, being at Camp Lee High. So thank you for that. <laughs> they, they did that. They did. It was kind of and, them to do that um, for you. I like that they were. And really, uh, and Camp Lee High, of course, <laughs> is where um, Steve became Captain America. And so there's that entire, we don't go through that again, but you know that entire backstory. And you know everything he has given up to be Captain America. And, and how he really uh, literally gave his life for his country and now for the world. So, I mean, I read all of that into Camp Lehigh, and that's separate and apart from the Tony and Howard talk uh, that, uh, that they have. So I really enjoyed that. The, um, the battle scene at the end, really, you can't get any better than that. You cannot get any better than that. Um, Captain Marvel arrives, um, and that was cool. The cameo with uh, Stan Lee was cool. Uh, this was the first time in the MCU that we saw. It's almost an Easter egg, but I thought I would elevate it because I thought it was so significant. Uh, Peter Parker's spider sense tingling his hairs on his arm. They literally stood up mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when... Uh, uh, Thanos's men arrived on Earth, and um, I th- was, thought that was very cool as well. So, uh, a great uh, action show. The uh, death of Tony Stark was very poignant. Pepper Potts was great. Um, the um, last scene after the funeral, or at the funeral, where they <laughs> had the full scope of the MCU movie family uh, at the funeral uh, and they panned back across. It was, it was as good a way to end 20 plus movies as I think you can have Uh, because we all know them. uh, We all Mm -hmm. live with them. We all love them. And it was really, I thought as good a way to say goodbye in a cinematic tradition as I have uh, ever seen. I've only seen one other way, and believe it or not, it was a, um, a movie about uh, Custer and Custer's Last Stand, and uh, the actor and actress, mm-hmm. um, when he said goodbye, he was going off. He didn't know he was going to die, but he said he was goodbye, he was going off. It was clear that they were saying goodbye to each other for the final time. And I felt that way in this, this time, but I felt, you know, yeah, we've, we've been through this together and I realize there are characters on a movie, but we've been participants in that story as the consumers of that story. So I really felt like it was a great way to end, um, 23 movies or whatever it is. It it echoed uh, return of the Jedi a little bit too, didn't it? That last scene, um, where you've got uh, Ben Kenobi and Yoda and, and Vader kind of watching things going on, smiling at, at uh, those who remain. 
So uh, what were some of the plot points that you really enjoyed? Well, I, I mean, I love the way they, they open things up um, immediately, kind of after the events of Infinity War. You know, it's only 23 days later. Um, uh, Iron Man and, and Nebula get back to Earth. Uh, thank you, Captain Marvel. Uh, and then I think Tony understands at a level the others don't that you know, they just lost really badly. I think, his, I think losing Peter Parker, losing Spider-Man... I think that cut him exceedingly deep, um, especially after, you know, how Infinity War, we learned that, you know, he does actually want a baby. He would like a baby now, please. Um, so I think that was really rough. And it's also, um, he and I, I realized it while we were watching it again, he hadn't reconnected with Cap or the the kind of the outlaw Avengers since anything had happened. This was their first reunion under these terrible circumstances. And at first when Captain Marvel's like, okay, we're going to find him. Nebula says, I know where he is. Let's go get him. It seems like maybe that's the type of movie it's going to be. Right, you know they're gonna chase him across the galaxy. They're gonna fight him. They're gonna win. Uh, they'll just undo it. It never happens. But then they lose. Thor doesn't succeed again because uh, it's too late. The, the stones are gone, and, uh, and then it's five years later, and it's all that time in this horribly grim universe. Uh, I thought that was a really, really interesting thing to do, and just letting everyone kind of sit with the fact that uh, you know this is gone. Half, half of our loved ones are gone. Half of the world is gone. And it was really interesting to see that. Um, then plot point wise, uh, smart way to bring in uh, Ant-Man and time travel. I thought that was kind of fun because uh, he hadn't been in the, the previous movie. Um, but, you know, the, they had a strong theory or a strong philosophy of time travel and they stuck to it uh, and explained it, which I, I appreciated. Um, and I thought Thor's subplot was really, really interesting how, you know, in the five years intervening um, between the, the beginning and the, the rest of the movie, um, you know, he had really gone into a depressive st- spiral. Uh, in the in New Asgard, and he had, you know, kind of, um, his body had changed a lot physically, uh, mentally, he had co- totally disconnected from who he was and what he was, um, and still comes back and tries to help save the day. So I thought the, the way they dealt with his emotional arc was really, really excellent, especially in the when they're going back in time trying to collect the stones, the conversation with his mother, learning he's still worthy, and then once he is still worthy, uh, he can he can fight again. He's willing to stand up and do it, and what I love the most about that is they didn't fix his body, they didn't make him all, like, super ripped again. He was still kind of fat, probably out of shape Thor, um, but he was start on the road to recovery, and I just I absolutely love the way they handled that, even if I didn't love how they made fun of him for it very much. Um, uh, let's see, that, those, I think we're, that was one of the big ones that I really liked. Um, and as you say, that battle scene at the end, has, has there ever, like, in terms of just tense, emotive, exciting, adrenaline-filled moments in cinema when those portals started opening up and heroes from across the galaxy started to gather for the final battle, whew, the whole battle scene was amazing. Um, the other, I guess, really big one uh, is to get the Soul Stone and the contrast between Thanos destroying Gamora to get the stone and Clint and Nat fighting for the opportunity to die to save the world. Um, That hits a little hard. (laughs) That one gets me every time. (laughs) I think those were the the biggest ones that that I noticed or that I I cared about or that made me cry. (laughs) So... um... Did you think it had to be uh, Nat because of her former life as an assassin? No. No, I don't. Um, I think it had to be Nat because she loved Clint, and Clint has kids who might be able to be returned. 
I, I think that's it. I think she loves the family. I don't, uh, I think she's atoned. I think she had done it already. Um, she was an assassin, but you know what? There are lots of questionable people in the Avengers. Uh, I, I think, I think she wanted to sacrifice, sacrifice herself for her family and particularly Clint. I think she, I, I see a really sibling-like relationship between them. Right, right. Uh, you want to just uh, move over to some Easter eggs you really love? Let's move on to some Easter eggs and some cookies. Um, so one of the ones was in the support group, and this is kind of the, the right after they reveal five years has passed in this new universe. Um, so I think it's one of the Russos who is actually in the support group talking about going on a date with his boyfriend. Um, baby step MCU-wise, we could use a little more queer representation, but um, they did it. That's cool. And Cap, frozen soldier from the 40s, totally cool with it, accepting it moving on. I'm a fan of that, so I thought that was nicely done. Uh, <laughs> if, if, you know, it's a little and it's late, but it's there, so we'll take it. Um, uh, Korg playing the video games um, and <laughs> being um, uh, trolled by Noob Master 69, who Thor threatens with all the power of the gods. Absolutely <laughs> A-plus cinema right there. A-plus. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Um, every reference to um, Lebowski, Thor really did look like the big Lebowski uh, and the dude Man. abides. It was nice to see him reference this movie. Um, Hulk, Professor Hulk eating his own ice cream uh, was pretty great when they're having one of their planning meetings. Really enjoyed that. Um, uh, and also Hulk, when they go back in time uh, and tries to smash, but it feels a little gratuitous. What a great moment. What a, what a wonderful thing for new Hulk to do. Um, and the Captain versus Captain America versus Captain America fight. <laughs> Thank you, filmmakers. Thank you for that. <laughs> and especially just ending with, yeah, you know what? That is America's ass. So that was going to be my question: that, is uh, is that America's ass? I think it's America's ass. <laughs> okay. Well, geez, I mean, uh, is there, you know, we need an outside perspective on that. I'm I'm not the best judge of you know, um, let's call it masculine beauty. Um, but I think objectively, probably a good one. <laughs> That's pretty great. So, uh, you know, I have to start, of course, with Peggy Carter. Of course. And not the Peggy Carter at Camp Lehigh. <laughs> the Peggy Carter at the end. And mm -hmm. for two reasons. One was, and I guess they're probably the both the same. No, I guess a little bit different. One is they uh, have a scene where they're dancing, and that's directly from the first uh, Captain America, mm -hmm. where save the save a dance for me, and um, so they finally got that dance in, and the music I think was the music that was playing when they said goodbye in the first movie. Uh, so I absolutely adored that. And uh, I love, of course, getting to see Peggy Carter, but to see Steve, not Captain America, dance with Peggy, I thought was just fabulous. And then the way they transitioned after he comes back to the current time, um, I thought that was interesting um, where... Um, Sam says, you want to tell me about it? And he says, no, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> which made it even more mysterious. Uh, but that was my first one. Um, 
The second one was that it finally dawned on me uh, that New Asgard, uh, the location in Norway, um, Tonesburg, Tonesburg opened, was used in the opening of Captain America because Mm -hmm. that's where the Tesseract was. That is. um, That Hydra was trying to find way back when. So that was a a great tie-in. And then um, the... um, uh, It wasn't a cookie, but the whole diner scene with... uh, (laughs) Banner was just great. You're right. I mean, he sees a plate of food, uh, basically <laughs> a mountain of eggs, and he's just chowing down, and you know, just that's what he eats. And the kids came over, and they do a little selfie, and I thought that was uh, a really nice way to show how how much he had changed. Uh, and his tagline, fe- Hulk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty meaningful way. So. Um, the end, end battle scene was uh, pretty touching uh, and pretty uh, uh, impressive, I should say. We talked about that in the movie and then, of course, the death of, of Tony and the funeral. But um, it was just a, a great way to end a series. And, and, and know, all the gifts could... they gave us, you know, when, yes. like the re, the, um, when, when Tony and Peter are reunited and Tony can just hug them. Uh, gosh, what a, what a great moment. And then, of course, when, when uh, uh, Pepper and Tony are fighting together, uh, you know, rescue and Iron Man together. Amazing. So uh, I think you're right, though. It's, uh, it was a great way to end this. Maybe there are better ways, but I don't think we've seen them yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, here's a, here's a question for you. Is, should they have ended everything here? Should this have been the last uh, kind of MCU property? Well... Spoiler alert, Megan, it's not. <laughs> I know it's not, but I'm, I'm thinking, uh, like, it, it, it would have been a really elegant place to, to no. end, to tie a no. bow on it and move no. on to other things. No. <laughs> no. I was going to be a, a crass American and give a commercial explanation why that could never happen, but I'm going to say... Oh, I mean, I, I, know, I know the mouse needs to get his due, but... Like, we I, are <laughs> uber geek consumers of the MCU, and... Part of storytelling is having people to tell stories to. And you and I both mm-hmm. love to consume these. <laughs> and we look at the same thing and see many different things because of our different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And um, so, no, uh, they shouldn't. Um, but look at the source material. The source material is literally never ending. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the first... Toby Maguire Spider-Man movie came out and I was having a conversation with my aunt and she couldn't understand the hoopla about that. And I said, Aunt Frankie, <laughs> think about where these movies came from. They came from great stories. Yeah, there were comic books and yeah, there were cartoons, but they were stories and they were stories that resonated so much in the sixties that people paid money for them and people put them on television uh, and so when you have a great story and you have a great movie production team, you can sometimes have a great movie. And we've had 23 great movies and, um, a lot of great movies. I, I w- want to see more obviously, and I want to see where, where they go. And we've seen a little bit of that and we'll continue to explore that. So no, 
No, we're not going to end. <laughs> These are great stories. It would be like, well, you know, whoever your favorite author would be, he should just stop. No, no. I like that character. You know, I want to know more about her. I want to see more of her, whatever it may be. Or I want to see what they do with the the Marvel source material because it's almost unlimited. Well, for me, don't get me wrong. I'll, yeah. I'll watch them. I'll watch them as they come out. I'll enjoy them. But uh, And maybe maybe it's a, an American-Canadian difference. I think there is, though, something to leave them wanting more. Uh, I think that has that has value, too. But um, Yeah, that's definitely Canadian. I mean, who, who am I kidding? Am I excited to watch Thor Love and Thunder? Of course I'm excited to watch Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> that's, that's so Canadian. It's like we're restrained. We've had enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> no more joy. I'm Canadian. <laughs> no more joy, please. This was good. <laughs> well, I can't really think of a better way to end this phase of our MCU, Megan. It's been a ton of fun. I hope our listeners have enjoyed this ride with us, and we're going to keep going. Oh. We, we, we don't know where it's going, but we're going to be there with you. So I am Tom Fox. And I'm Megan Doherty, and we will see you next time, wherever it is that we end up. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Popcorn and Compliance, the MCU. Megan and I are going to be back in a couple of weeks to start exploring the MCU shows that have been uh, limited series shows. So I hope that uh, you will join Megan and I as we continue our exploration in indulging in our love of all things MCU. Popcorn and Compliance, the MCU series, is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.